You're about to watch uh, a video. If you are watching, you are watching a video. Uh, but you're going to see a sermon from somebody that uh, looks different than I do. Uh, he is a black pastor. Uh, he is the head of uh, Biblical Diversity from Converge, uh, an organization that we support uh, through the, the offerings and giving and whatnot to Wellspring. And uh, so he's head of Biblical Diversity because Converge, uh, who we partner with, really cares about diversity. And, uh, and so we wanted to do a series like this for some time, and we're finally doing it. And why it's so heavy on my personal heart is because I think uh, too many of us, whether we think of it or not, we, we kind of think heaven's going to look like a bunch of number two pencils. But heaven is not going to look like this. Heaven, where every tribe from all over the world is going to come and kneel before God is probably going to look more like a, a box of crayons. And, uh, and so I think right now the, the issues of race and diversity, there are so many conversations happening around the world, and it's so even the conversations can be divisive. But if there's one place that there should be a healthy conversation around a subject like race and diversity, shouldn't it be the church? Shouldn't it be here? So save your emails, save your complaints, because we're just going to delete them. This matters. One day, every knee will bow. And so we're going to have a conversation for the next three weeks around race and diversity. So I invite you to listen to Dr. Harold Lewis. He was formerly a pastor uh, in the D.C. area where President Bush went to his church. And he knows what it's like to get attacked from every angle when the President of the United States comes to your church. Uh, and so he has a lot to say on this matter, and he's graciously uh, is going to be bringing the word today. So enjoy this. Good morning, Well Springs Church. Welcome to another divine day in the Lord. Welcome to another blessed day in the Lord. Welcome to another grace-filled day in the Lord. I bring you greetings from Lakeland, Florida. That's right, the Sunshine State. I am in Central Florida. For those of you who speak Spanish, I greet you with Buenos Dias. For those of you who speak French, I greet you with Bonjour. For those of you who speak German, I greet you with Guten Tag. And for those of you who don't speak any of that, I did greet you in English. Yo, what's up, baby? How y'all doing today? Thank you so much to your pastor, uh, Pastor Jason. Thank you for inviting uh, me and allowing me uh, to share a word from the word uh, this morning uh, with your faith family. And it, I counted a, a providential privilege, a heavenly honor uh, to be able uh, to come before you uh, with the word, with the word of, of God. Our word from the word today comes from two passages of scripture. First John 4 and 20, and Galatians 3 and 28. First John 4 and 20, and Galatians 3 and 28. Let's read First John 4 and 20. Here's what it says. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever, watch this now, does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. In Galatians 3 and 28, there is neither Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Now, predicated upon these two passages of scripture, 
And considering what is going on within our culture and our country, permit me to share with you for just a few minutes from this demonic topic or homiletical headline, racism, unfinished business for the church. I'm going to say it again, racism, unfinished business for the church. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We recognize and realize your grace is great and your mercy is matchless. We praise you and we thank you for who you are and for what you have done, are doing, and can do. In a word, you are worthy to be praised. We praise you for Jesus the Christ. We praise you for the perfect power and person of your Holy Spirit. We praise you for the good news of the gospel. And now we humbly ask that you will release a fresh anointing in me, your male servant. Break me, shape me, melt me, and mold me, anoint me, fill me, and now use me, O oh God. Use me to glorify your name. Use me to magnify your name. Use me to sanctify your name. Use me, O oh God, to terrify and terrorize the devil and all of his demons. And then, Lord, after all is said and done, enable and endow each of us to demonstrate and replicate the power of your word in and through our lives as we witness to the world. We now anticipate and appreciate all that you're about to say and do in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, I pray, and the people of God who knows the power of prayer said, Amen. Racism, unfinished business for the church. Malcolm Mulgarich, that brilliant philosopher and theologian, has profoundly and pointedly proclaimed that the central neurosis of our time, that which bothers so many of us, is in a sense of inner emptiness. In other words, if we really want to know what is wrong with this wicked world, if we really want to know what is wrong with so many people on this planet, Mulgarich contends and concludes that the problem is a sense of inner emptiness. St. Augustine, that North African theologian and philosopher, also argues and articulates that there is a God-shaped vacuum within each and every one of us. A God-shaped vacuum? Yes, meaning that there is within you and within me a void or a special space that can only be properly and powerfully filled by God, the one who divinely designed and cosmically created us. But too many of us spend a lifetime trying to fill that God-shaped vacuum with everything but God. Hear this and hear it well, wellspring. Fame and fortune cannot fill that God-shaped vacuum. Prosperity and prestige cannot fill that God-shaped vacuum. Hate and hurting other people cannot fill that God-shaped vacuum. Only God can fill what God created. Lord have mercy. Only God can satisfy what God has sanctified. I never shall forget it was Simone, our fourth child's birthday, and we decided to celebrate by taking her out to eat. When we arrived to where we were going, we placed our order for the food. 
As I asked everybody, what would they like to drink? It was then Simone said, Daddy, I would like a Sprite. When the young lady handed her, Simone, her cup, it was a Coca-Cola cup. Simone looked at me and she said to me, Daddy, I asked for a Sprite. I said, honey, it is a Sprite. Simone said, but Daddy, it's in a Coke cup. I said, look inside and you will see that it's a Sprite. Simone, in her childish innocence and insight said, well, Daddy, why would they put Sprite in a Coke cup? Mm. Isn't that false advertisement? Simone, our then seven-year-old daughter, was having a hard time understanding how it is that a cup could advertise one thing on the outside and be filled with something else on the inside. I'm going somewhere because brothers and sisters, if we want to know what is wrong with a large portion of our population on this planet, I would like to suggest that we have been made by God. We have been created by God. We have been divinely designed by God. And yet we are trying to fill our lives with everything but God. And though we advertise one thing on the outside, there's something other than God on the inside. Help me, Holy Spirit, up in here. This innocent illustration is not just limited to Christian individuals who are experiencing inner emptiness, but this illustration also applies to the Christian church. Why? Because the point that I'm trying to push is that many of our churches are advertising one thing on the outside, and yet they are filled with something else on the inside. God's concern for his church is that we are trying to build a church full of people and not a people full of the church. Lord, that was good. That was good. In other words, we have a lot of people in church, but we do not have the church and a lot of the people. Oh, that was rich there, Pastor. That's why we have a lot of church people, but they don't have any church power. Oh, that's why we have a lot of church buildings, but they don't have any church boldness. That was good. That was good. We don't have any church boldness. Why? Because on the outside, we advertise one thing, but on the inside, we are filled with something else. It was Pastor Paul who sagaciously suggested it to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. He said, they will act righteous, watch this, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And permit me to park here parenthetically to point out that the church is the ecclesia, ecclesia. That's the Greek term for called out. In other words, as blood-bought, born-again, and baptized believers, we are the called-out ones of God and for God. Remember what Peter said? In 2 Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, he said, But you are a chosen race, underlying race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may what? Be participant excellence of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Remember what Jesus said over in Matthew chapter number 5, 13 through 14? You are the salt of the earth. And the light of the world. 
And now as we come to our theme for this message, racism, unfinished business for the church. This theme is to readily remind us that the church still has work to do. This theme is to readily remind us that, that there is an evil force that is determined to divide us, devastate us, and destroy us. This theme is to readily remind us that racism is a sin that seeks to seize us and separate us as sisters and brothers that represent the converted constituency of Jesus Christ. Permit me to pause and parenthetically again to give us a working definition of, of racism so we know what we're dealing with. One definition, racism, is the race hatred of one person or the belief that your race is superior to another person's is less than human. Racism is race prejudice plus power that seeks to negate the humanity and liberties of another race. And then permit me to expand the definition of individual racism, watch this now, to the level of institutional racism, which is better known as systemic racism. See, systemic racism is the demonic development and design of disparities that put and keep people of color at a disadvantage when it comes to wealth, the criminal justice system, employment, fair housing, healthcare, and education. So at the end of the day, racism, be it individual or institutional, is a sin against the word of God against the will of God, and against the ways of God created and concocted by the wicked enemy of God called the devil. Now, to put it in biblical terms, racism is a demon. Racism is idolatry. Racism is a fallen principality and power, watch this now, that suggests, seizes, and seduces people into believing that they are superior than another group of people. And it's also important and imperative that I point out that the word racism is not mentioned directly in the Bible. But I do believe that there are some synonymous scriptures that suggest the presence of the spirit of racism. Why? Because according to Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 35, we find these words. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. In James 2 and 9, we find these words. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. According to Galatians 3 and 28, our text for today, the words were given by Pastor Fall. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Pastor Paul's words are challenging the church to not let anyone, regardless of their biographical background and divine differences, be defined as deficiencies. Just because someone is different does not mean they should be devalued, discounted, or diminished. Just because someone is different does not mean they have to be divided. Believe it or not, it is possible for people on the planet of all races, in all places, and in all spaces to coexist in community together. It is possible for people on this planet to regard and respect one another even when we don't have the same pigmentation and perspective. Hear this? 
and hear it well. There is enough bad in the best of us and enough good in the worst of us that none of us can label the rest of us. God expects the church to affirm, accept, and appreciate a person's divinely designed difference. <laughs> Just because someone is different does not mean they should be left out. Just because someone is different does not mean they should be treated less than. Just because someone is different does not mean they should come in last place. The church should always make it known that everybody is somebody in Christ Jesus. The church should always make it known that everybody is special in Christ Jesus. The church should always make it known that everybody is significant in Christ Jesus. That's why the theological theme for this message, racism, unfinished business for the church, is calling on the church in this season to renew and reclaim its courage, its confidence, and its commitment to eradicate and eliminate racism wherever it raises its ugly head, be it in the church, the community, or the culture. And permit me to point out that this is not a new mandate. This is not a new mission. This is not a new ministry for the church. It is unfinished business because the business for the church has been on the books for generation and now more than ever that it is unfinished business suggests that there's still sacred and sanctified work to be done. The unfinished business is not ordinary business. This is holy business. You see, ordinary business can be voted up or down or in or out. Ordinary business, watch this, can be tabled or suspended indefinitely by voting powers that be. Ordinary business is not just another, uh, holy business, not just another bullet uh, on the agenda. It's not just another box to be checked. Holy business is all about God's business. And God's business is all about love. All about love. John 3, 16, you know the word. God so loved the world. What watch this? That's every person on the planet. Every person on the planet that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever that's given permission to everybody on the planet believes in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know the word in Matthew when Jesus spoke these words, when one of the Pharisees asked him, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He was trying to be cute and core, but Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. First John chapter four, verse seven and eight. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Hear me well. We cannot love God without loving people. And we cannot hate people without loving God. I'm going to say it again. You ought to write it down. We cannot love God without loving people. And we cannot hate people without hating God. Read 1 John 4 and 20, our second text. For whoever whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Brothers and sisters 
Racism is a stench in the nostril of God. Racism is a satanic sore on the body of Christ. Racism is a sinful stain on the church. But the good news of the gospel is Jesus left the church the providential prescription to eradicate racism when he said in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. And so I'm giving a new commandment to you now. Love each other as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So the question is, what's the answer to the question for the unfinished business of racism? Love. What's the solution to the problem for the unfinished business of racism? Love. So what's the antidote for the poison of the unfinished business of racism? It's love. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you want to be about the business of completing the unfinished business of undoing racism, here's what the word of God requires. Number one, it requires a confession of sin. Number two, it requires a conversion of the soul. And number three, it requires a commitment to serve your fellow sisters and brothers like the Savior. That's what it requires. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now that you will grant us your grace and forgiveness for the times we have failed to love and respect one another. Grant us your grace, O oh Lord, to finish and overcome the evil of racism that we may represent your gospel. Watch this in spirit and in truth. Grant us your grace to model the example of your son and our savior, Jesus the Christ, that no signs or symptoms of prejudice or animosity will contaminate our hearts and minds, but will be replaced with the agape love that respects, that regards and revere the dignity of all people. This is my prayer, and I decree it in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood. Amen and amen. And as we say in biblical diversity, if bees can hive together, if fish can school together, if birds can flock together, if ants can colony together, if buffalo can herd together, then black Christians and white Christians and yellow Christians and brown Christian can worship together, can work together, can witness together. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's be together. God bless you. I love you. God loves you. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Let's go and be about the business. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.